0: And welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso.
1: And I'm Kyla.
2: And I'm Carl. And I'm Lee Grainer.
1: A special guest, you guys.
0: Special guests. We did it. We got another guest. We're doing it.
1: When, when was even the last time we had a guest?
0: We had a guest for, uh, Her Story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right,
1: Her Story. We had someone.
0: We had Maz Delta on.
1: That's right. Maz. <laughs> Maz of the Lost oh. episode.
2: That's incredible. Uh, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm, um, I'm super pleased to be here, and, uh, thank you for having me on at the very last minute. Yeah. I was listening to Feedback Force last night. And, uh, I was like, man, it'd be fun to drop in on that. And then I, um.
1: <laughs> and then you know us, so you're like, hey, can I do that?
2: <laughs> I messaged Kelso and it was like, hey, can I get in on a feedback course? And she was like, yeah, how about tomorrow? And I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah. Lee is gonna, Lee is gonna troll us just a little bit because they haven't actually played this game in many years, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Lee is going. Lee is going to be the, uh, the sort of interviewer in this session and like ask us questions, the, the therapist, if you will, of like, so how did you feel about that check?
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm going to. My goal is going to be um, as if uh, I'm, a, I'm a detective trying to piece together what it's like uh, to play this game, and why it matters, and and if it matters, and if oh. it has to matter.
1: You should be, um, you should be like one of those, the things where you like, uh, you wake up in someone else's body and you have to like figure out their life from context clues. <laughs> yeah, right? you gotta be
0: Scott Bakula.
1: <laughs> Scott Bakula?
0: Is that a real name? Yes, it's Scott Bakula. Oh he was God. in Quantum Leap.
2: Scott Bakula, cause that just sounds like, I mean that just sounds like, that just sounds like Count Dracula. It is,
0: it, really it does. does. I, I was, uh I don't know. I was in the room and my parents were watching TV and I did not know that Scott Bakula was still doing anything but he's on like some NCIS show and I was like is that Scott fucking Bakula?
3: And it was <laughs> He was
1: He was Wait, on, I um... thought
3: that was I thought that was like not his real name.
1: That is his real name. Ass. Is that, I was going to ask, is that, like, a stage name?
0: Is that his actual name? That's, okay, wait, hang on. I want to see if he, like, was actually born with... Oh, no, like, Scott like Stewart Macula.
1: Enterprise. Yeah, oh. he
0: was, yeah, he was an Enterprise, yeah. too. But mostly Quantum Leap.
2: So I try. I, I think this is, you know, maybe to usher in the general um, theme of me trying uh, media and then giving up on it after ten minutes. Uh, I watched part of Enterprise. Uh, and holy moly, that intro sequence with the like, <laughs> what is, it's got like bald I eagles like screaming over like, of the heart. <laughs> yeah, <that one. laughs> I was like, what is this? This is like Star Trek does like early 90s. Like maybe Scott Beckler came in and he was like, hey, here's well, this, no. uh, here's this song that was, we were thinking about <laughs> using on Quantum Leap in uh, 1992. And I think, <laughs> I think it'd be a good fit.
1: Oh, man, if let me tell you, if there was ever a show to give up on after ten minutes.
0: Yeah, I I'm sort of I'm slowly working my way through through Star Trek. I'm still I'm still on TNG, Um and I'm still pretty early into TNG. But like, man, I'm not looking forward to Enterprise. Oh boy!
1: you watched all of original series? Star no, Trek? I I skipped
0: the original series. Are you don't kidding me? S-
1: don't skip the original series. Now, That's
0: uh, the best. Fun. What I'm, what I'm going to do is uh, probably find a list of, like, what are the best, most important uh, TOS episodes and, and just watch fair. those. Because, yeah. I'm really looking forward to Deep Space Nine, though. I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like, Deep Space Nine is great. TNG is fine. Um, I, original series Star Trek is absolutely, hands down, my favorite. Just, really? it's so... It's so like wonderfully just cheesy and optimistic, and it has no wow. consistency at all
3: that's that's good that, that all sounds like bad thing
1: <laughs> it's it's charming it's like charmingly terrible
3: <laughs> wow
1: i um, like I like
0: terrible charm though that's that's my kind of thing. Like,
1: Like, there's an episode where, like, they lose Spock's brain and they have to go find it. (laughs) But
0: how do they lose Spock's brain? Spock isn't, he's not like a data. You can't, he gets
1: taken out by some kind of weird machine and they have to retrieve it. And they have him, he's like a robot up until then, they like, install a thing where they can, like, control his motor functions while his brain is missing so they can bring him along, I think. It's what? been a long time since I've seen that episode. Oh, so, like, oh, a no. cockroach, kind of? Yes, exactly.
2: Whoa. Wow. Huh. Um, that's incredible. That... That's really fantastic. To I find didn't out. realize anyone had done that. Um, the, the
1: best, the best of part of that is that that was, I think, the first episode. Like, after the second season, they were going to cancel original series Star Trek. And the fans had such an uproar. There was, like, letter-writing campaigns, and people were like, no, 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 no. This show is great. You can't, like, you can't get rid of this show. We love this show. Please, please, please bring it back. And so they, like, after, like, much pleading and, you know, gnashing of teeth and whatnot, they brought it back for a third season. And the first episode of the third season was Spock's brain, and it's such a bad
0: episode. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) It was like all the fans were like, um, oh, what have maybe. we done? Incredible. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's a mistake. Well, <laughs> oh, man.
2: The writers are like, oh, Well, uh... Listen, uh, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is, we're not being cancelled. The bad news is, we're not being cancelled. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the bad, bad
2: news is, ideas, we're so.
0: out of episodes. <laughs>
2: I brought these story dice in. Um, (laughs) Let's see. It says, they, they, okay, they, lose brain.
1: Ship it. Greenwich. We're going with it. Deadline's in two
2: weeks. Hurry up. We still have three more games we designed. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, I have a, there is a special place In my heart for original series Star Trek and like the monsters that were like clearly a guy hiding under a rug. Um, (laughs) And and, you know, like things like that. So I would very much recommend not skipping uh, original series. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go
0: back to it eventually. I just need to. I don't know. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted that, that
3: data content.
4: Data's my favorite
3: boy. Again, the reason you're supposed to see it is because it's. Bad. Yes, uh, it's like schlocky. B A G D
1: And you know, and like every once in a while, there's stuff in it that's like really compelling. Like over time, even though it's all kind of awful and schlocky and just really, really cheesy, over time you do find yourself getting really invested in the characters and their relationships.
2: That sounds like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, <laughs>
1: kind of. But then, like you, the, you watch the movies, like the the TOS movies, and it feels like a sort of a like a really lovely payoff for having invested so much emotionally in the series. Because you're like, okay, these are like, this is a really good send off and like a really good, you know, just acknowledgement of uh, of who these characters have become. And there's in a way you couldn't do the movies without. The weight of the series behind them because you mm-hmm. need that much time to kind of get acclimated to the characters and to really like feel like you're a part of that, you know?
2: Yeah. Wow. I would, that's, that's a pretty. Well, oh, that's go a, ahead. That is a really good, uh, that's high praise for a series because, like, isn't that sort of one of the holy grails of television series? Is to, like, give, is to have a certain weight. In depth to the characters that you can only achieve through um, hours and hours of television.
1: Well, I would, I would hope so. I don't, I don't know if that's true modern television. Yeah, that's that's
2: one of the things that I feel like
0: ha- has absolutely gone away. Is that like there are no movies coming out of TV series anymore, really? That I can think of. Like, what what TV series in recent memory has also gotten a film adaptation?
1: The Lego Ninjago movie.
0: Um, Whoa! touche, I guess. Well, let's see. Was *Bionicle* a movie or a TV series first?
1: I don't know. I don't but know *Lego either. Ninjago* is actually like a, a pretty interesting kids film. I so for anybody who doesn't know this, I work doing like computer science curriculum, and some of it is for uh like elementary school students. So I Whoa. did a lot of research at one point by just like watching a lot of television aimed at <laughs> elementary school kids. <laughs> I went on, like, a marathon binge, and one of the things I watched was an episode of Lego Ninjago, and it's, like, it's a fine series. Like, it's not amazing. It's no, like, Avatar The Last Airbender or, you know, like, Steven yeah. Universe or anything, but it's it's pretty solid, and the movie is also pretty solid.
0: Yeah, that that's sort of the experience that I get to have every time I babysit, which is what I've been doing for the past week, where it's like, I just watch a bunch of kids' media and I'm pleasantly surprised by a lot of it like I was watching Cars 3 with my nephew earlier this week and I was like well, this is a cars movie but man they got some real good particle effects in this bitch I was like I was like really into those those particle effects lots of like spark and
2: dust it looked great so not that no spoilers but does Cars 3 um, does it make you does it make you cry like like a good Pixar film should. So here's the thing, Uh we didn't
0: finish the movie because because my nephew had to go to bed. It was bedtime. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> classic. <laughs> so. That's
2: a classic nephew maneuver, going yeah. to bed. Yeah. Yep. What else? It's I also seven o'clock p.m.
0: Basically, yeah. I also um, less recently watched Monster Truck. I don't know if any of you even know about that movie, but it's the oh. movie with the tentacle monster inside of the truck. Oh, my God.
2: Yes, I saw, like, a trailer for that, and I was like, I was like, this is, this is a, like, uh, you know how they used to make, um, and they still do, they would make, well, obviously Ninjago, they would make, like, movies and series and stuff just to sell toys. Yeah. That one, I was like, I want to buy an entire series of toys based on this concept. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I don't think anybody, like, saw that movie. Like, I think it got basically no marketing and tanked. But it was on Netflix, and my niece somehow, for some reason, wanted to watch it.
1: So I was going to say, you said, like, Truck That Is a Tentacle Monster. And I was like, okay, this is either a movie for, like, real little kids, or this is, like, a rated-R horror film (laughs) with, like, weird sexual undertones.
2: (laughs) It's a a subreddit. Uh, It's... (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I wasn't quite sure which one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's,
0: it's, and, and, like, I was surprised that my niece wanted to watch it because she's still at the age where she doesn't really care too much about live action, and this is basically, it's a live action movie just with a CG, uh, tentacle thing. Uh, oh, uh, I was, com-
2: I completely remembered it as being a CG movie, but I guess you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. Um, but, yeah, I watched that, and it was, I wouldn't say that it was like great, and I'm not going to like recommend that anyone else goes out and watch it. But it was, it was really like serviceable. it It was better than I was expecting it to be. Basically,
2: I, I found myself being like
0: actually kind of into it while I was watching it. So,
2: yeah. Do you, do you want to um, just? I mean, without I've only seen the, spo- the spoiler. I've only seen the trailers. But do you want to uh, give some description of? the uh, of the the key conceit uh, of this film
0: yeah so the the main character is just like a guy and he's really into cars and his dad I think works for some oil drilling operation and the oil drilling operation um, like hits a reserve of oil except there's these under like deep underground tentacle monsters that live there. so they suck up three of them. Which happened to be like a family unit of three. And one of them escapes and the other two get sent, the, the, the baby tentacle monster escapes and the parent ones get sent to like a government testing facility. So the baby tentacle monster and the, the, the teenage boy like meet and the, th- then the tentacle monster gets made into a truck. <laughs> um, Uh, not. Wait a
2: minute! Wait a minute! minute. I I, want to dig into that a little bit. Okay. Okay. Gets made into a truck.
0: It doesn't. So so basically, he the the teenager finds the baby tentacle monster like in his workshop garage, because Mm -hmm. they eat oil, and like petroleum products. So that's like why it was hiding there. Um, and it ends up like climbing into sort of a busted. Like the chassis of a busted old truck that this kid is repairing. Um, and he finds out that that he can actually like control the truck with like the tentacle monster can control the truck and then he can thereby control both of them by like telling him which way to go, kind of. Uh, so basically it becomes like we gotta save this tentacle monster's parents from the government. Um,
2: and they and, do and all we have to do it is this sick ass uh monster truck, yeah basically
0: and then and then later, like here's some spoilers. later on, they get the parent monsters out of the government facility, and it becomes an entire fleet of sick ass monster trucks.
2: That so, sounds really so, cool.
1: this sounds very much like a series that was created name first, right probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone said, oh, you know, monster trucks. You know, it would be cool if there were trucks that were actually monsters. And <laughs> someone was like, oh yeah, we should write something like that. That would be appealing to kids. <laughs> so, I
2: yes, uh, yes, and um, mm-hmm. I like I really want. So I don't I don't know uh, if people know this, but like I work, I used to work in games, and now I work in kids' toys, and it's pretty fun. Um, but, so with my kid's toy brain, I'm thinking, like, it'd be rad if they were these truck toys that had um, monster tentacle, like a monster tentacle, like, glove thing in them, and you could put your hand in there and make tentacle fingers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, let's
2: make this happen.
1: Also, yeah, or one of those, like, gooey things, like, you used to get, uh, like, gooey versions of Cushballs balls that had, like, Long pulley tentacle oh, yeah. things. You like, can you pick stuff of up with them. Yeah, attached like to a truck chassis.
2: Oh, see, that's really good. Did you know that in, in in the kids' toy world, you can still um, you can there's still inventors, and and now that there's 3D printing, you can go make one of these toys, and then you can pitch it around. That's like true. they still call them inventors. Like I know someone who is a toy inventor. That's which awesome. Is just rad. Yeah. I knew a guy at school.
0: I didn't know him, but I knew of him, who was he was like (laughs) an industrial design major, and basically he was focusing on on toy design, which was pretty cool. Awesome. Also, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for Monster Trucks. Um, Budget of 125 million. Worldwide Mm -hmm. grossed 64 and a half million. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Well. Pretty bad.
2: Yeah, what studio is that? Uh,
0: Paramount. So, Paramount. That's a that's a
2: write off for them. They're yeah. writing it off.
0: It says, or well, actually, it says Paramount Nickelodeon Movies Disruption and Disruption Entertainment for Paramount oh, okay. Pictures." So, it's,
1: no, that's. I was gonna say it's Disruption Entertainment, the the Minions, but that's Illumination. Um, I guess it's just a sub
0: subsidiary of. Paramount.
1: What What did you say the uh, the budget was
0: for it? 100,
1: 125 million. 125 million. I mean, I guess that's I, not I nothing. I have no
3: reference for movie budgets.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, what was the budget of Avengers?
0: Oh boy, probably, uh, well, well let's look.
1: 220 million.
2: Yeah. That's all? Wait, compared to 125?
1: Original in- Avengers, not like. Infinity oh, not War.
2: Infinity War. Okay. That's. So Monster Truck actually. Yeah, I mean like the Captain America the uh <laughs> this,
1: um yeah, the first Captain America movie only had a hundred and forty million dollar budget. So Whoa. like wow. Oh
0: yeah, it, Infinity War was three hundred and sixteen million. Got it. Which is a lot. That's a lot of money. Boy howdy I've heard
2: I've heard that like if you are um a young filmmaker and you wanna do the kind of film that's like three people in the desert uh have a disagreement, you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um I've heard that that's like a million,
0: yeah, yeah. that sounds right
2: um, yeah, which film, is really yeah film I don't budgets know. are are uh very high Well, like that was the other thing that was um so if you wanna hire like a programmer right um uh I don't know. See, I'm trying to think of where you guys live. Uh because like I'm guessing, you know, programmers are gonna make at least in the Bay Area, the most expensive place in the galaxy, like you're gonna make at least a hundred thousand. Um which means that a million dollars will get you ten programmers for a year. It's like, well, there goes a million dollars
0: yep
2: hope you have a product <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Ugh. that's yeah money
1: media is expensive
2: it really is and you know what I don't understand is this It only costs like zero dollars to 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 distribute digital media right so why isn't it all free? They sh- I should get it all for free.
0: There right? are places on the that's... internet where you
2: can. <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is that I'm, all I'm saying is that people's labor has no value. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no,
0: no, no. Yep. I, I, I was seeing basically that that argument. Um, oh, it was about. I think it was the the argument against uh, Nintendo Labo, where people are like, "But it's just cardboard. Why are they charging money for it?" <laughs> like. <laughs> Urgh! Urgh! <laughs>
2: So okay, I have a question for you. This has perplexed me for for ages now. Um, have you heard of people bootlegging and printing out their own versions of board games? Um, not printing out, but there's a a huge amount of
0: games that you can just pirate if you have tabletop simulator. Right. I'm.
3: I guess I'm specifically talking about physically. Uh, I mean, definitely stuff like Chess or Backgammon or those types of board games.
2: Right. People make their own shit. But people still, like, I've never heard of someone doing that with, like, Settlers of Catan. Or, like, even easier ones.
1: We, We made our game available for that when we, like, made a board game... Uh, it was one of our first like USC classes. Who's our up the river modification? Oh for, yeah. For Lee, who who knows that assignment. The river. Um, <laughs> but uh, we yeah we when we finished making it we're like this is a fun game let's just like since all we did was like print out some stuff and glue it to some pieces of cardboard let's just like make the PDFs of the tiles and the like game rules available online and then anybody can just like print it out and make it themselves. Yeah. And I don't think anyone did because like nobody knows about (laughs) student board games, but like.
2: Yeah, it's, isn't that weird though that like people, like you could probably, like people would probably be more willing to spend $20 to have it you printed and ship it to them than to print it themselves. I guess you'd have to put it on some kind of thing that felt like a real board game.
1: It's because board games are a physical product that like the quality of the physical materials matters. So you're like, oh, yeah, I'm paying to have, like, a really nice board that's not, like, you know, a shitty printed piece of cardboard. (laughs) And I'm paying to have, like, nice tokens and pieces and things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I think the print quality has a lot to do with it as well. Because, I mean, I'm thinking of, I'm just thinking of, you know, some board games in general with just, like, really nice, beautifully illustrated boards. Like, That's good. And home printers, uh, suck most of the time. So.
2: (laughs) That's true. As soon as you hit that print button, you don't know what's gonna happen. No. I mean, to be fair, printers are robots, so. They're, uh. They have rights. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking
0: about. (laughs) They're trying their best, is what they're doing. Are they?
1: Are they? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, but, like, no one no one has designed a good printer. I, like, I stand firmly by, like, a printer that works properly 100% of the time has yet to exist. So... So, I want to
2: throw out there that I actually have one such printer. What? And and it's really big, and I've carried it around for a long time. It is the... I'm happy to shill for this printer. It is a Brother brand, which is hilarious that there's still an electronics brand called Brother... But, um, it is a brother brand printer. It is the lowest end, uh, what is it called? Laser? It's not inkjet. It's laser printer. So it's all, here's the caveat. It's only black and white, but ah. it it has toner like an office printer and it prints everything really quickly and very well. And no matter how long you have it sitting out and not doing anything, the toner doesn't ever go bad. So and one toner cartridge you can print like a gajillion paper with. Um and it does batch scanning. So you um you throw some a stack of paper in the top and it'll just like scan it all. The caveat there is it will the, the tray that it spits onto is too small. So it <laughs> will shoot your paper just all over the floor. Um but
1: you can put a basket on the floor, you're fine.
2: You can, like a like a like a guillotine, yeah. Um so, <laughs> but this
1: thing is, like, it's, like,
2: really good. And it's it's magical to just have your laptop and plug this thing into the internet, and then, like, you hit a button, and a piece of paper comes out, and it got printed on, and it actually works.
4: See, that's... So, I uh, think that's, that's the amazing. thing.
0: I think that's yeah. the thing, is, like, the consumer market needs to start moving away from uh, inkjet, because inkjet is always crap, and we need to just start... Pitching in the extra money and do toner because toner works a lot better and doesn't have that uh that built in like failure. Yeah. The Yeah, that's the word. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Built <laughs> in continuous where, where yes. Hewlett Packard just decides that you've had your, your toner cartridge in there for or your ink cartridge in there for too long. Uh so oh, it's gonna make you replace it. Like that's
1: they're like ninety freaking bucks, and that's that's the thing. Like inkjet printers, or you printers, just buy a new
3: printer.
0: Yeah, inkjet yeah. printers are so cheap that most of the time it's you might as well just buy a new printer. Like I don't know how many that's printers I've bought.
2: A, this raises a good question, and this is maybe key to this entire discussion: is does the company Brother make inkjet printers, and do they sell? If because if Brother does not sell Ink refills, then that means that they have no stake in this business of inkjet c- continual failure. See, I maybe
0: I didn't actually realize that Brother made like actual full-size printers. I know them as the company that makes the little <laughs> label printers.
2: Little brother, little brother.
0: <laughs> I don't think they're called little brothers, but I wish they were now. Damn. Uh, little they... brothers. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, apparently they do sell color inkjet printers.
2: Okay, so my theory is, uh, my conspiracy theory. See, I was hoping that they were the the only ones who weren't partaking in, like, a, uh, an industry cabal of, like, of, like, inkjet, um, you know, things. And that, like, maybe the people who worked at Brother, like, always got their tires slashed in the middle of the night by, like, <laughs> HP people by, who are just, by like... By the hey.
0: shadowy inkjet overlords, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then they get, like, a... <laughs> They get like a, um, they 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 get to work and there's like, there's like a a piece of paper like there's like a piece of salmon colored paper like nailed to their door with like Comic Sans and Times New Roman font that's like, hit, uh, get out of the printer business or something.
0: How could you do that? How could they do that to their little brother?
2: Little brother.
1: Little brother. I love I love the idea of like weird, like really esoteric feuds like this idea of like <laughs> like like really strong antagonism that's between like a really really tiny group that you never think about yes. um and the other day i was reading up on for for whatever reason albatrosses came up so i was looking at the wiki article for albatrosses and they talk about how like albatrosses used to be classified in two genera and now they're classified in four genera but there's some people still arguing that they should be in three and if you start like reading in depth it's like you know like well these people said it should be this way but they didn't read this paper and like they ignored all the suggestions of this <laughs> guy and it was, like just really petty like detailed
2: oh man that's so good I like that um, there's, <laughs> that's like in Berkeley I, I get the sense I haven't been to a Berkeley Town Hall meeting but um, they get live tweeted by uh, Berkeley side which is like a Berkeley publication or you know it's, a, it's like a news publication in Berkeley and uh it's always fantastic there's always um, you know it's like the meetings are supposed to end at like 11pm and they always go until like 1 because there's so many people who are just deeply involved in like local city politics there um and one time the meeting was disrupted by a woman who like protested by like running naked and jumping up on the table and stuff for like some I, I don't know what it was for uh but um albatross classification definitely <laughs> there was someone who called uh there was someone who said that the city council was fascist because of how they were treating a certain uh, issue having to do with a parking lot um there was I, I basically I just get the sense that in Berkeley there's like you can find a like 70 year old man and like a 65 year old man who have been arguing for 50 years because one of them is socialist and one of them is communist you know Yeah. like oh it's so good
1: <clears throat> uh, um, do, <laughs> anyway do we want to talk about like what we've actually been up to the past week or so <laughs> Kelso, you talked about, you talked a little bit about, uh, you've been
0: babysitting. Yeah, I've been babysitting. Uh, babysitting is hard. Uh, oh. even, even with, like, so I've got some nieces and I've got some nephews. I've been babysitting the nephews. They are much more well behaved than the nieces, but man, it is still difficult to babysit. So I'm tired. Uh, and I gotta do it again for a couple days next week too, but, but that's fine. Do you so, get paid for it? Yeah, I'm getting paid, get paid. Yeah, I'm getting paid for it. So that's, that's, that's also good.
4: Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, who wants to take care of relatives without getting paid? Jeez.
2: Yeah. I know. That's not how, that's not an American value. Nope.
1: <laughs> no. Of course, it's also part of the American values to, to not pay you a livable wage on
2: like yeah. Well we want you to babysit for thirty eight hours a week. Uh, you're not gonna get a health benefits, uh BT dubs. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Hard for the course. So yeah, That's right. So yeah, that's all wow. I've really been I don't I don't even remember what I did the week before that. Like that's how that's how tired I am right now. Oh. <laughs> um on the plus side, it has sort of unfucked my sleep schedule, like and I'm waking up early in the morning without any problem in going to bed at not three in the morning so that's good (laughs) so yeah that's that's it babysitting there
3: you go
1: yeah carl carl anything interesting
3: um no i stopped (laughs) drinking caffeine oh and i started again today (laughs) Uh
1: i was trying to like
3: the wagon I was drinking. I do this sometimes, where like I decide I drink way too much now, and I'm gonna stop, and then I slowly start again.
2: (laughs) So I'm not drinking
3: like eight cups of coffee every day. That's
2: healthy. Wait, literally eight cups? Or is that
3: a figure of speech? Oh wow. Um,
1: Um, Yeah, that'll get
3: you.
0: I can't even drink one cup of coffee without feeling like I'm dying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say, did you go through like horrible detox?
3: Um, I had quite
2: some headache. Yeah,
1: Oof. yeah. And
2: that's do it. those are hard to shake, right? Like a, a caffeine headache. A caffeine caffeine withdrawal headache does not necessarily respond to like painkillers, right? Did I? I, I made that up. I just made that up. Wait, <laughs> did <one you> <laughs> I don't I know. Don't know. I mean,
1: it sounded plausible. I was ready to believe it.
2: Yeah. So was I.
0: Um, all you gotta, all you gotta do is I guess speak that's with... not
1: true because uh, Huck does caffeine detoxes periodically, Uh-oh. and he ends up having to take like a lot of uh, painkillers during that time because his withdrawal headaches get really bad. But you know, you can also get like painkiller headaches, like if you take a lot of painkillers <laughs> regularly. <laughs> yeah, oh if you God. take a lot of painkillers regularly, and then you stop taking painkillers, you will get like oh um, no rebound headaches. From not taking a lot of painkillers, it's basically a withdrawal. So,
2: this is... you know the best way to the best way to treat those <laughs> caffeine. Is, uh, caffeine, <laughs> yeah.
0: This is the new the new shadowy cabal that we've stumbled upon here. The uh, yeah. big big headache industry complex. Big headache.
3: You just switch between different addictions. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. It's uh. Yeah. It's a cycle. Um, that's I think the best way to. To make your lifespan as long as possible. Right now, right now, I'm uh, I'm working on. Um, I wouldn't call it a food addict. Well, food addiction in that if I went cold turkey, I would die. But um, I've just been eating. I just stress eat. What I do is I stress eat, and then um, I also have apparently like an Uber addiction because I I I can go to work on the train, or I can pay twenty dollars to have an Uber drive me like down for an hour to my work and uh that starts to look really good at about like seven thirty a.m so um all my money flies out the window I just uh I just spend it on like I ordered pancakes okay here's the problem with my phone I can order anything and so (laughs) I was I woke up I was like groggy it was like 10 a.m yesterday and like before I really knew what I was doing I had ordered pancakes and uh and then they, like, showed up at my door. But here's the problem. Once you factor in the cost of the pancakes, the cost of the, uh like, tip, tax, and delivery, I paid $10 per cake. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, but I've been trying to cut myself some slack because, uh, you know, maybe it's um, – I've been going through a lot, so maybe I just need that kind of specialized service. But, you know. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, there's only there's only one thing you can like focus stress and energy on at a time, and it's like if you're also doing a bunch of other stress stuff, like maybe your food you're eating is not the thing that you also need to be spending stress on at the moment.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit like when you squeeze a water balloon. Like you have a water balloon that doesn't break very easily, but you squeeze it and it, like s- sort of blurbs out. Like it sort of like oozes out the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what life is. <laughs> exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah, no. It's it's tough because you it's it's so easy and then you're like, "Oh, but why did I do that? Like I didn't need I didn't need to do that. I could have just gone and dr- driven somewhere and like not paid a delivery fee or I could have just Also, you're living in like one of the most expensive places in the country, so... So,
2: Okay, so that is true, which is that um, my rent is incredibly high. Um, Even though I live with... like It's pretty rad, actually. I live in a a house where I have um, a room that I rent and there's, like, four other people living here and they're all, like, really awesome. But, yeah, my rent is a couple thousand bucks a month. Um, My income is super-duper high and I'm, like... Making ends meet, but what it means is that um, relatively, like dollar for dollar, stuff other than rent is cheaper. Like like money, mm. money is cheaper for me. So I, I think that's why in San Francisco, like a lot of people have fancy cars and TVs. Relatively, is that you know.
1: And then tiny, tiny, shitty housing.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Like a Nintendo Switch is a Nintendo Switch is like. A tenth what? It's like it would be like a tenth of no. I don't remember how much a switch costs. I think, there,
0: something I think it was three hundred. I think a switch is three hundred, so,
2: I think. So so it's like a tenth of my monthly rent.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like yeah. Um and I spent I probably spend half my money on rent, which is I think a millennial thing to do. Um yeah. but yeah, so it's it's different. Um if I really wanted to make serious bank, uh, I would do it. Daniel and I sort of were joking about when we were doing Crater House, which is outsource ourselves, and pre- like, because we we hardly ever dealt with clients who were local anyways. So it was just on Skype, and you know we could just be like, oh yeah, yeah, we're um we're in San Francisco, and then we'd just be like in, I don't know, Iowa, Wells, <laughs> Wells Minnesota, yeah, yeah, somewhere somewhere yeah. cheap, yeah, yeah.
1: So I in addition to sorry to like entirely uh topic swap but that's what I do um, oh, that's in addition- probably
2: because you're good at this <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, in addition to um, googling albatrosses uh, <laughs> i have I have recently uh, I have like a media recommendation um. Oh which maybe I talked about last time. I can't remember. It's possible. I talked about this before, but I have become super obsessed with uh, this podcast called let's watch two movies, uh, (laughs) which is uh, Mary Ellen and Maddie are, are these two girls. And the whole premise is that they, they take a, like they pick a theme and like two movies that relate to each other on that theme in some way. Um, and then they each, you know, they take two episodes where they watch one movie in each episode and then they, like, compare them. Mm. Uh And it's just, like, they get, like, way too in-depth. Like, a lot of their episodes are longer than the movies. Um, <laughs> cause they go, like, scene by scene. I think I have talked about this before because I think I related it to... Um, our brother's episode, which is like the first episode of this podcast we did, where yeah. we like went scene by scene and got like way
0: too in-depth. And that episode ended up being like three hours <laughs> long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what they do. So their podcasts are regularly like, you know, two, two hours, three hours. They have like seven hours of content on Mad Max Fury Road.
2: Wow. Man. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it's a three-parter. Um, and, um, and they're just like, they're funny, they're like very feminist. Um, they're just it's it's incredibly entertaining. and some of their pairings are really good. Uh, like for Christmas they did like two things that are like people commonly cite as like favorite Christmas movies, which was Love Actually and Die Hard.
0: Ah yes, uh, yes.
1: which was a great pairing. Uh, like one of the really early on pairings was um, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Gray.
2: Oh, oh, yeah, I yeah. understand that connection.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. Boom. So yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, for, for listeners who might not know, Fifty Shades of Grey was actually originated as a fanfic for Twilight. Um, and it was like a highly regarded fanfic and then they just changed all the names and published it as a separate book. Um, and then, so they did, they did like an alien invasion pair that was The Thing and ET. Um, which was
2: really <laughs> so. It sounds like they take a theme and then they go with movies that are quite different.
1: Yeah, yeah. Basically, they they, they pick two movies that they can sort of tangentially relate to each other in some way, and then watch <laughs> the two of them. I mean, sometimes they're more related than the others. Uh, they did uh, Mean Girls and Heather's, which I haven't seen oh. Heather's, but it sounds like there's a lot of like oh thematic God. similarity there. Um,
2: so I'll say this about Heather's really quick. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it has developed an incredible trigger warning because it is really creepy in that it is, um, it's a really dark comedy, and it has to do quite a bit with, like, school shooting violence.
1: Yeah, um, and suicide as well.
2: And suicide. Back. And it's but it's incredibly prescient because it's like you watch it and you're like oh my god this is this movie came out before this was a thing yeah. um, so it's pretty freaky to watch it and it's worth it but not if you're um not if you don't want to see a movie with that stuff in it i guess
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no they do as i say they go very in de- in depth with this so i kind of like i haven't seen it but i know All the things that happen in it, pretty much. Uh, and it sounds like a real (laughs) freaky movie. (laughs) Um, It's,
2: it's pretty amazing. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to ever watch it again, just for the reasons I mentioned, but like, it's, it's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So anyway, let's watch two movies. Uh, they're on, you know, like (laughs) iTunes and podcast places and there are a lot of, and they're also on SoundCloud. Um, and they're a lot of fun. I like, I found them super tangentially by, uh, like Maddie was one of the people that, um, Teddy. So you all remember Teddy. Uh, he's a classmate of mine. He came on our show for a hyper light drifter episode because he helped work on that game. Um, he did a podcast series that was like just interviewing like LA game dev people. And it was mm. like a short run thing. Uh, God, I, I forget what it was called. Um, I know that the name of the network he hosted on had something to do with thumbs. Um.
2: Something to do with thumbs. Can we just invent a name for the podcast? Like maybe it was like the Toddy Hour, or it could be like Hot Hot Toddy's, or like the. It,
1: sh- it should have been Hot Toddy's, but it was something like Let's Play LA, or like some something fairly generic. Sure. Um, but at any rate, uh, he did a, he did that podcast and, uh, Maddie was a guest on one of the episodes and Mm. I don't remember much about the interview with her. I think she was like there for games journalism stuff, maybe. Um, cause not, not everyone who was on the podcast was like a game developer. Some of them were like voice actors or, you know, into esports or things like that. Yeah, Um, Playscape. Playscape. That's right. (laughs) Playscape LA. That's the, uh, that was his... His podcast, good, good, good. I assume good look up, Carl. I assume you didn't just remember that offhand.
3: Uh, well, I have heard it, but I, I got annoyed that I did not remember.
1: <laughs> ah, there <laughs> we go. Yep, <laughs> right, quick, quick fingers on the look up. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I remember enjoying the interview with her a lot, and so I like followed her on Twitter. And then she started tweeting about, oh, hey, me and my friend are doing this new podcast, and everybody should check it out. And now I'm a really big fan of that podcast. So cool. there you go.
2: Well, they, you know what they say, everybody in Los Angeles has a podcast.
1: Well, I mean...
2: I don't know why I said
1: that. I, That's probably true. I mean, everybody in L.A. has a screenplay, so <laughs> why not, right. why not? I still have a podcast? You um, have um, a screenplay. I I don't think I had this... We didn't start this podcast until after I moved to Seattle. Is that accurate? Oh, you're in Seattle. I think that's accurate.
2: That's right. Yeah, Yeah, you're in Seattle. Yeah. Wait, Kelso, you used to be in Seattle, right? I used to be
0: in Seattle. Now I am... And now you're um, in, like, the woods. I am, yeah. I'm in... I'm in, uh... The foothills. I'm in Colorado, south of Denver, so... not Not Colorado Springs. I'm, like, in between two cities. So, basically... I'm looking out my window and there's uh, mountains. And sometimes there's deer. But not today.
2: I have seen your deer Twitter posts.
0: Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> and you're there's. Like, sometimes there's. to
2: the fuck. to the fuck.
0: Sometimes there's uh, turkeys too.
2: Damn. And, yeah.
0: Wildlife. Uh, what else? What else is there sometimes? I saw a mountain lion once in my neighborhood and that was cool. Uh, there's elk what? nearby. And bison. The bison are not wild. The bison are.
2: How do they get there though?
1: Farm bison. Farm.
0: Yeah, they're farm bison. I don't know. I guess they're ranched. Ranch. It's, <laughs> it's it's not really like they're farming. Bison with ranch dressing. It's not really mm. farming if you're raising animals. It's like ranching, I guess. I think. I think that. So do you
2: prefer them? Do you prefer your bison ranched, or do you like them with buffalo sauce, buffalo wings? Uh,
0: I don't really like buffalo sauce. I don't think bison no. would be good with ranch. Um, but just by default because I don't really like buffalo sauce, i I guess I'm gonna have to go with ranched ranched bison.
2: Ranched. Yeah. So uh I know you I know you guys from stuff. But and I should have asked this earlier. Carl, I don't actually know you. What's <laughs> Hi. It's nice to meet you. I'm Lee. I uh I um oh. I'm you may have seen things. you may have
1: seen Carl as Skug in some of the chats.
2: Skug. I don't uh which um
3: oh, like sort of chat. like in I used to watch play by play, but then I then I had to get up in the morning and I couldn't <laughs> watch it
2: live. <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah, yeah Carl wh- is in Carl is in Sweden.
2: Oh shit. That's cool.
1: Yeah, so so Carl's time zoning is a little tricky sometimes.
2: What time is it over there? Um, it's 11. 11 p.m. or a.m.? P.m. Oh, dang. Yeah, because here it's 2.30 p.m., so the sun has begun its downward arc, but still, for the most part, Uh yeah, we're just ping-ponging, I guess. <laughs> Sunlight between us. Yeah. And,
1: uh, I don't know, Carl, I'm, I don't know why I, I feel like I should speak for you, but, uh, Carl, Carl is also doing a lot of, uh, like school game dev stuff. And refuses to show us prototypes.
2: I mean, isn't that part of the process? Refusing to show a prototype? Probably. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, so we should maybe talk about like, the mention of, like, it's 2.30, we should probably talk about the game that we played, because, like, yeah, that's part of this podcast.
0: That's, yeah, I am looking at the recording, and it's been 50, 51 minutes, which not all (laughs) of that has been episode, like, maybe, maybe 48 minutes of that has been episode, uh, and we have yet, (laughs) we have yet to enter the game, which is fine, but, like. We
1: have yet to say the name of the game that we played. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, which, which, for the record, was World of Goo.
0: Yes, we played World of Goo.
1: So World of Goo uh was what's it called 2, 2D Boy yeah. something like that?
2: Yeah, I'm, 2D Boy. Uh
1: I normally have the like Google thing up. Yeah, 2D Boy developer um, basically like a bridge building game more or less but with like um, like constantly evolving physics mechanics. So like it starts with your bridge building with like uh, a substance this like goo substance that has a slight give to it um, and it's kind of springy and boingy but then as you go through the levels you uh, you get different ty- like types of goo that you can combine to build things um, so things like dripping down goo that like has a you know gravity has a higher effect on it things like ivy goo which has forms like um these like rigid plant connections between each other but can be removed and restuck elsewhere which most other goo can't. Um, there is there's like uh there's matchstick balloon. goo. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah there's, there's matchstick balloons. goo and balloon goo.
1: Yeah. There's uh, so many goos. There's there's, a lot there's of like goos. slingshot <laughs> goo's towards the end. There's all kinds of goo. And so it's just like it's a physics puzzle game but you know they they do a good job of like as you go through um switching up the mechanics uh and it's all kind of overlaid on this like i don't know how to describe the story it's kind of like so heavy-handed it's almost ironic kind of thing um about like i maybe not heavy-handed is the wrong word it's like bleak to the point of like being goofy and then bleak again um <laughs>
3: no. and it's like it's so unnecessary and so like out of the way of the game
1: yeah it's about it's about like um and it's i mean luckily it's not like super intrusive but it is like you know they do have to take time to like set it up here and there which is it, it is a little unnecessary but the idea is it's about like you know, consumerism and the idea of um, like using like the forward progress being made by like using things up and leaving, leaving people behind and things like that. Wow. Um, Because you have to, you know, to, to actually make, to get the goo balls to the exit, for a given level you have to build things out of the goo balls and any goo balls that you use to build don't get saved at the end of the level because they've been put into a structure so there's a kind of like thematic <laughs> continuity there <laughs>
2: that's so so like the theme of this game is that there's the uh uh what do you, what do they call it there's there's no um, ethical consumption under late-stage capitalism? Is that, the is that the theme? Yeah, that's basically the
1: theme of the game. Great. Um, and it's, uh, like, there's, I mean, there is there is some pretty heavy-handed stuff. Like, there's one where there's, like, a uh, like a beauty pageant or whatever, and one of the things you have to do is, like, drop a spike bridge onto a bunch of goo balls to and like, destroy them all. Oh no! So that the like pretty, so that the like pretty giant goo ball can like roll across the bridge and like over the slain bodies of the the other goo.
2: What in the world? <laughs> I, I like mean, it.
1: this is just their sort of theme. Like their other, I haven't played uh, Human Resource Machine, which I think is their most recent. Um, oh. But I have played Little Inferno. Uh, which is a fun mobile game, which is literally about, like, burning things so you can buy more things to burn.
2: Oh, so this is... Yeah, we're, like, getting into their sort of studio theming of...
1: Yeah. Right. This, of, this is what they do. This is this is yeah. their type of game. Um, but this... So this came out in 2008, so it's officially, like, a decade old now. Uh, and I feel like, at least from my pers- perspective, from my perception, it was kind of the beginning of like the modern wave of indie games, like the modern indie renaissance thing, because it was one of the very first Humble Bundle games. Mm. and it's, It was around the time when it started being a lot easier to find indie games if you weren't like already in academic circles, right? Because like a lot of people probably would have liked some indie games but like didn't know where to look for them. And so, like, this was 2008, which was the same year that Braid came out. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Aquaria was in, like, the same Humble Bundle as this. So it was so. sort of, like... Yeah. yeah. So it was sort of, like, a really, like, strong early uh, early indie.
2: Yeah. Um, going off that, what I'll say is... So... Gosh. Uh, do you remember... What year I graduated... Like, Daniel Ponce and I graduated from IMDb. It was the year before you... Yeah, Cara, uh, you...
1: I was 2012. So yeah, so we were 2011.
2: 2011. Um, because... So we started Crater House, and part of that whole, like, zeitgeist was I remember reading, like, an article about 2D Boy, and it's like, they worked out of coffee shops, and they made this thing, and blah, 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 and, like... That was like part of that world at that point that was part of the like indie um myth or the indie mythology was that yeah. you 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 know you do back to back laptops uh like battleship style at some cafe you know and churn out your uh your ipad game for your for the brand new ipad <laughs> um yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that probably would have been around like early days of the iPad because I think when I when I got I so I got an iPad as a graduation present in 2012 and it was yeah. it was at either just after the release of the iPad 2 or the iPad 3 at the time. So
2: It was uh yeah, that sounds about right cuz as you may recall um a ton of our uh a ton of people in our graduating in my in my thesis year did all their stuff on iPads because it was like it came out like that year.
1: Yeah, the new big thing.
2: Yeah, and you know, to be honest, the stuff that people did with it in my year was pretty cool, uh, in part because it got, it was before a lot of things got codified about the UI that's used on iPads.
1: Yeah, uh, so actually that, that kind of actually brings up something that I wanted to talk about with this game, uh, if you don't mind me segwaying. <laughs>
2: No, that was actually, I was actually like, I'm very impressed with that segue. That's
1: really good. <laughs> um, the There are a lot of things that it was wise that it was sort of interesting to see how it had aged with this uh. game. Um, for instance, there is no options menu nope. in this game, which is not a thing you could get away with <laughs> with a modern game. Whoa. If you want to change the resolution, you have to, like, go into the system files and find the config text file and manually enter your resolution. Yep. Uh, on that line.
2: So, are you, you're talking about on Windows? Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: And, uh, which I, yeah, I assume you couldn't do on mobile. Um. No, it's just- I guess it's... this is- I assume this is also a mobile game? I didn't even it check. Is. We, yeah. Yeah, this game's been uh,
0: ported to basically everything. Like, it's- it's- it's on the Switch, too. Like,
3: it's- it's everywhere. Of
1: course it is. So it is? Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Everything's on the Switch. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you can't, like, adjust the game volume and, like, play it with no music or, like, you know, with lower sounds or anything like that. You have <laughs> to just, like, alright, well, I guess I'm gonna, like, change the volume in the mixer on my- on my wow. system, right? It's like, I, and I remember when this game came out, it being, like, a great example of, like, wow, look how, like, polished and, you know, professional this indie game is, and, like, really just tight and well-designed. And it, it is, like, there is a lot of polish in this game, Um, but there's also some stuff where you're, like, Wow, I guess, I guess in, you know, in 2008, we didn't need to have option menus. Yeah. We didn't, like, it was okay for indie games to not have options menus.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: There's a lot of. And,
0: and now I'm just trying to, trying to game. Think, think back to games from, like, like, Aquaria or Braid, and, like, those, I'm pretty sure had options. I think, right? I don't remember this with Aquaria, and Aquaria's older than this, like, yeah, but I,
1: don't, I don't i guess I don't remember needing to change the options for Aquaria, but maybe maybe I'm just not remembering
0: yeah, I know I always have to change my audio options for basically every game because anytime i I uh boot up a game for the first time, it's just like blasting into my ears with huge amounts of sound um one <laughs> yeah, I basically yeah. I actually almost always go in and adjust, um, like master volume through my volume mixer because I don't know—that's just how I do it, and then it just saves it for later.
2: But Kelso, if that's like the case with every game, I I mean, have you have you tried adjusting the volume on your computer?
0: Yes, I don't look. No, I have. Part of it, I think part of it is that, um, like, I also always have headphones on. And my, it has, like, separate, it has separate for um, headphones and speakers. And I don't know, my headphones are just always loud. It's fine, though. I mean, I mostly have it worked out. So, shut up. Look, shut up. (laughs) I have the same problem. Yeah, see? Thanks. Thanks, Carl. We we got this. The worst
3: worst thing is when a game starts playing the music without loading the sound settings.
1: yeah they
3: mm-hmm. have like two seconds of really loud music.
1: Yeah yeah and there's a I also like I really like to be able to separately turn down music from the rest of like sound effects. Mm-hmm. like I'm because especially because I do things like listen to podcasts while I play games where I'm like, this music is really loud, but I still want to be able to have the sound cues that I need in this game. Um, and so I, like, adjust the, you know, I adjust down the music, but I, like, leave the sound cues at low enough that I can still kind of hear them alongside the whatever podcast I'm listening to.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that's um, also yeah.
0: why I almost always enable subtitles in games with, you know, dialogue, voiced dialogue.
1: Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, so, let's see. I was, um... I want to sort of swing back around to kind of just like going through the game. The game. Um, so let's see. First level is just generic goo balls, and you are, um, which you know you can connect from one thing to another, and it's like a, it's like a swamp setting, I think. It's a little hard to tell. It's very very stylized graphics, um, which is. Uh, you know they're they're like cool looking, um, but you get you get much more of a sense of tone than you do of actual like space. Yeah, I it,
0: it's interesting. I get I get very strong uh like Tim Burton vibes because there's a lot of stripes and the music sounds like Danny Elfman music.
3: <laughs> <It does laughs> like, a bit.
0: like like that that was just the overall impression I got of I mean most it, of the and movie movie. really
3: like show that that's the thing they're trying to do with like the cutscenes
2: yeah yeah oh really like it has a do you think it so they're showing that the tim burton vibe is like on purpose
1: i think it's just kind of their art style like okay. they have a very i i would say also like a maybe edward gory is also kind of a good point it's like this sort of um, dark yeah. dark and cheerful at the same time kind of thing going on yeah uh, mm-hmm where, like, the dark is made darker by how cheerful the cheerful parts are. <laughs> yes.
4: Um,
1: so, let's see, is the second level... This, is the second level the, like, beauty pageant level? Uh, <laughs> I think
0: the third s- level
1: is it? Or is that the factory?
0: I think... I thought this. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe it is the beauty. Right, yeah, it probably is
3: the beauty pageant.
1: I can, just, I can just open this up and then see. Yeah, you can.
3: I can also mention there's Twenty nine different types of goo. Oh
1: what? my goodness!
3: Twenty nine, and there is fifty seven
2: levels. Well, what, what, that's that's almost like one every other level. Wait, that's more than no, that, yeah, yes. that's like half. So they're introducing well. a new mechanic every two levels, except they're um, not. They they really they introduce like
0: maybe two mechanics in the entire first chapter. Um, it it really snowballs, or at least that's the way it felt. Jesus.
1: Um, okay. The f- chapter one is the goo-filled hills, um, <laughs> which is yeah, which is just like sort of outside nature stuff with all these like goo pits.
3: That's um, also my area. I've ever heard.
2: That's also my uh, nickname. Uh, that's that's my my scene name actually. <laughs> the
1: goo-filled
2: hills. <laughs> the the goo-filled. <laughs> Sorry.
1: This is uncalled for. So I'm, I'm I'm on the I'm on the main menu now, and I'm I'm re- remembering that the cursor is like a little goo ball with like a trail that follows you, which yeah, is just yeah. another like instance of like the the nice. There is some real nice polish on this game. Like the the menus animate in a nice clean way. Everything has like a real kind of gooey feel to the animation. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so level two is Little Miss World of Goo, which is where like you're trying to power the island by. Reawaken... The island is powered on beauty, and there's, like, this old beauty queen that, like, used to be powering the island, but now she's, like, getting old, and sh- so she's not as beautiful anymore, so she can't power it. So you're, like, using the goo balls to make her cosmetics so she can get, like, beautiful again and keep powering the island.
2: <laughs> that's, uh, that's weird. Yeah. That's a weird story.
1: Yeah, it's a weird game. (laughs) Like like I said, the story is sort of, like, kind of, like, almost a parody of how dark it it is.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, you use, like, the ugly goo to be able to finish a level to get the beauty goo further into the game. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. There's, like, special red pipes that only the beauty goo can go into, so you have to use all the regular goo to get the beauty goo over to where she needs to be. Like,
2: uh, yeah, plug goo. Yeah, um, exactly. Full disclosure, I actually downloaded this on my, just now, downloaded it on my iPhone, which is, I have the Giganto iPhone uh, format, so um, as you're talking, as we're talking, I'm actually playing the first chapter. Yep.
1: That's a, I have done that a lot with some of our other games where I'm like, I wonder if I can play this while we podcast. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, not, not an uncommon occurrence. So go yeah, for it.
1: So chapter three is Cog in the Machine, which is the factory level. Um, so that involves a lot of like matchstick goo where you like light certain goo on fire to like blow up explosives. Um, <laughs> uh, and it like the fire will travel along the matchstick goo. Uh, level... Chapter 4 is Information Superhighway. That's where everything all of a sudden goes digital and becomes, like, old green-themed. <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> wait a minute,
2: wait a minute, wait a minute. Everything all of a sudden goes digital.
1: Yeah, it, it gets, like a, like, a fake, like, those, those old green-tinged monitor thing, um, like, overlay on everything.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it looks like it's, like, old calculator graphics kind of thing. And uh, there's there's goos that you can use to so you can like slingshot around the place, uh, and it introduces a mechanic of like building things with blocks, which at least in the beginning are abstracted as like little desktop windows that you like spawn as like spam and then stack on top of each other.
2: Wow, that's um, that's incredible. Actually, like, does that mean that they did an entire set of art for that world?
1: Oh yeah. It's uh yeah it's, Well, it's...
2: you can call it art. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: very
2: it's, it's like green, a very it's different green squares.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I've heard that artists uh a true artist takes a year to make one green square. That's what I've heard.
0: There's a look there's a lot to consider
2: when you're making green squares. <laughs> there's a lot to consider. <laughs> there's a lot You've to got... consider.
0: what, yes. what Chelsea. shade Chelsea has an art me. What shade of green? Are we using are the are the exactly. edges on the square beveled, or are they not beveled?
2: Bevel. <laughs> <laughs> um, level of the bevel. Is there... Yeah. And don't even get me started on drop shadows.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No. That's that's a whole that's a whole three months of consideration. Yep.
1: Three months. And uh, it's gonna
2: it's gonna cost you. Yeah. Is what it's gonna do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so there's also there's like um, there's virus goo in the the digital level where. Um, if you like drop regular goo balls into like the virus pit, they become a different type of goo that like connects in a way that the other goo didn't. Um, and then there's a finally so that like that one ends with you like destroying the world of goo corporation and is sort of nominally oh. the the end of the main story. And then there's an epilogue level where you're trying to meet the the sign painter because there's been like a little tutorial, like signs that pop up Up until this point And they're yeah. all signed By the sign painter Yeah And uh, so the At the end there's like The sign painter is in A little observatory With a telescope And you have to do A series of like So the world has blown up So it's all these like Tiny little rock spires uh, <laughs> That are holding things up And you have to Like use the goo to, to cross the different rock spires And that's the like Sort of heavy challenges level The like Really mm-hmm. hard parts uh and then there's like a little epilogue where you you see the goo floating past uh the goo planet which is perhaps the true world of goo
2: so this is deep like the, the, <laughs> th- that's crazy i didn't realize how deep this game was um, there's a
1: lot to it it's like it, there's a reason it was well liked when it came out yeah it
2: takes a lot of turns yeah.
0: And goes in a lot of unexpected directions.
1: And I think it's... Maybe it comes from a time when people were a little more, like... This is what... I guess what, the, what Let's Two movies refers to as the pre-irony days. Um, right. Where, like, people were a little bit more sincere about things. Like, you could make a point about, like, the evils of capitalism. And, like, sincerely do it without people just kind of rolling their eyes a little bit.
0: And you could do it with goo.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: like, that, that this shit wouldn't fly today. Yeah. And I- Yeah, I mean, this was, the, you said it was the same year as Braid? Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, that was when you could, uh, you could make a platformer with a time, uh, slow down, speed up mechanics, uh, that was a puzzle game with a, tw- a platformer with a twist. Yeah. And you could use that to tell an incredibly intellectual story about the trials and tribulations of a white guy who is really upset about the role that a woman played in his own considerations of himself.
1: Yep. Exactly. And and the most people would get upset about is because they didn't agree with your interpretation of the ending. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, so it's it's kind of like the Personally, I find the, the, like, the physics progression and the, like, sort of constant feel of, like, updating the mechanics and, like, as soon as you kind of get the hang of doing puzzles with one thing, it introduces another thing. Like, I'm really, I'm here for that. I think that was, like, really satisfying, at least as far as as I felt.
3: Yeah. I think the problem with this game is that the boring part was, like, building bridges of goo.
1: (laughs) Really, I I don't know. I <laughs> Maybe it's I usually just me. like, the, like specifically bridges, or specifically, yes, or like building. Specifically
3: anything. bridges. I like the, all the different goo mechanics and how they paste everything, but like the standard building stuff is just annoying.
1: Yeah, I mean there are like they don't. Luckily, they don't revisit like the specific bridge well, if you will, too often. Um, like there's a bunch of different types of challenges um but yeah, I guess bridge building is the most common and i don't like I don't know much about the history of the bridge builder genre, but this is definitely before I was aware that bridge builders were a genre um yeah and it so... is essentially that genre in a lot of ways. it's like part bridge builder part like physics puzzle, right. Which I so, guess maybe Bridge Builder is a sub-genre of physics puzzle, but...
2: It's like Angry Bridges. <laughs>
1: yeah. So it I have a question. Like angry Bridges.
2: Is the... In the Bridge Builder genre, is it just, like, well-known that, like, triangles are OP? I
1: I believe so. I believe that is the, uh, the case.
2: Because I'm getting... Like, I'm having fun over here right now, but, like, yes, it is mostly triangles.
1: Yeah. Like, and basically...
2: I mean, if I don't make a triangle, I, I somehow screwed up.
1: More, you think uh, yeah. That's how,
2: like, physics works.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: basically. yeah, that's the thing.
1: But in, in bridge builders, there's usually, like, a lot more considerations because there's things like you have to, you know, handle, like, what is the weight of, you know, the, the things that you can support. And, like, maybe you get like other supports that, you know, I don't know, have to do with the shape of the landscape or have to do with like carrying capacity or the materials you're using or things like that. So it's, there's more, there's usually more to your materials where in this, usually per level, you have one to two materials and you're, it's all just about like shape and, and to some extent it's about like the balancing physics because since the goose structures are so wobbly, um, the little goo balls that haven't been built with yet kind of climb around your goo structures while they're not in use and yeah. which side of the structure they're on can actually like influence the way the structure is leaning and the weight of the structure Wait,
3: can they? Yeah. I thought they didn't They didn't do anything to... They
1: do because there are waste. some levels once you get the whistle so the whistle is a mechanic that comes in around, I forget, it's like the end of the second level or something like that, yeah. where you can get goo balls. If you, like, just hold down on the screen somewhere that's not on a goo ball, then all goo balls will try and move towards your, your whistle, towards where you're holding down. Uh, wow. And you can actually tip things on scales by making goo balls move to one side or the other. That's crazy
2: like so it seems like every few sentences that one of us says uh, or one of you guys says is like oh yeah and then when you get to the part with you know once you get the steering wheel and you can drive <laughs> these things around like that's pretty good that's
0: basically what happens in monster trucks you driving, you're driving the goo around
2: <laughs> driving goo you oh, know my... yeah. when, I'm back, when I'm back from a long day of driving goo <laughs>
1: yeah I mean it it does feel like that to some extent because it's like a as I say, it's like a constant parade of like as soon as you get used to doing this mechanic and you're starting to feel comfortable and you're starting to feel like, oh, you know, like what more is there really interesting to do with this? that's when they like give you something else to do
0: surprise yeah, yeah. Surprise, i i I appreciate that kind of progression of challenge mm-hmm. i I thought that it was I thought that it was paced really well, like there was there was not a huge amount of moments where I felt like extremely frustrated. Uh there was just enough frustration to make me like want to do it what it yeah. came up, you know. that's,
1: that's another thing is like I feel like the challenge ramp of this is really um well done in the sense of um the the challenges that you get on each level there's, there's like a certain minimum number of goo balls you have to save on each level in order to complete it. Mm-hmm. And in general, the minimum is not like crazy hard to achieve. It's like, it can be challenging, but it's like, you're like, okay, I can get that minimum. But, you are, you can also get more than the minimum. And every additional goo ball that you save goes into like a repository where you can like build a giant tower later on. So there's this yeah. sort of implied goal of you have to, you know, like, try and save as many as you can. And mm-hmm. they have what is called the uh, the OCD goal, which is also probably something that would not fly in a modern indie game. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, let's name their, our achievements after a mental illness. Um, is this, like, there's an extra challenge on each level of, like, can you do this perfectly? And sometimes that means, like, saving the maximum number of goo balls. Sometimes that means, like, doing it in a certain minimum number of moves. Sometimes that means, like, doing it in a certain minimum amount of time. Um, But there's, like, always an extra challenge goal where you feel like, oh, if you thought that was too easy, like, try doing it this way. And those are always very hard. I think Mm -hmm. I've gotten maybe, like, five to ten in the entire game. Yeah. Hmm.
3: I never really bothered with that.
0: Yeah, I when I got them I got them by accident and I got them by accident in like the first the first chapter.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: So so
1: yeah. I mean, I tend to be a completionist and they are there are achievements for com- for getting all of the OCD flags in each world. Mm-hmm. Um so like for for each world there is an achievement if you get and the, the flag on every level. Um but I'm, I, I couldn't do it. I was like, oh, I, maybe I'll try for that this time. And then I, like, I got the flag on, like, a few levels in the, the first one. And then I, there were like one or two where I'm like, I'm never, like, I have no idea how I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> yeah. It made me actually really want to watch this on like A G D Q or something, though. Like watch someone uh... speed run this game or like a hundred percent run this game. Because right. I bet that would be really cool to watch. I bet there's some really weird strats mm-hmm. Sounds uh, like some
2: of those challenges are for for the game developer only <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know i we've we often differ in our like how completionist we are, so Carl, you felt no like no interest in trying those at all?
0: nope. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. So, I, I, and I generally don't for, like, skill, skill based challenge things. I just, I, eh, whatever.
1: <laughs> I don't need to be that skilled.
0: Yeah, no, but I that's... really, I really don't.
1: <laughs> um, so, another cool thing, as, and I am also, now that I had it open, now I'm also playing it. Um, yeah. since we have you, Kelso, here, you are our art expert. Uh, what do you think of the art style? We said it was sort of Tim Burtony, but...
0: Yeah, I, um... It's one of those things where, like, I think probably in the context of the time that it came from, it was probably more noteworthy, and now everyone is doing, like, kind of cutesy stylized stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I liked it. It felt really cohesive, like everything feels like it belongs there which is kind of a feat considering how how many different how, they have. yeah how many different mechanics there are and how like out there uh the world gets like it's it like just looking at like the the first few levels and comparing them with the last few levels it's like what the fuck like how is this the same game but at the same time you could see like oh this definitely is the same game yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. I'm... There's, like... There's there's super... I'm looking at this now, like, the, the polish is so good. Like, when you're holding it, the one you're holding has, like, big, round, uh, like, uh, arrows pointing mm-hmm. at it that circle it. And, like, the eyes on the thing circle. Like, there's a, like, juicy little bounce animation on all of the, the goos as they go anywhere. When you start to... Um, When you start to put down a goo ball, it, like, gives you little lines to show where it's going to connect to that, Mm -hmm. like, thin and thicken as you get, like, closer and further away. When you finally, like, do place a goo ball, there's, like, a little oil splash kind of particle effect that happens. Like, the the juiciness on this game, it's just, it's a super juicy game.
2: (laughs) It is, (laughs) yes. yes.
1: Maximum juice. (laughs)
2: Um, I'm having some trouble controlling things in the following way. The green uh, goo that you can, like, unplug from itself, yeah, you can have set up. It's hard to grab one of the nodes without accidentally grabbing one of the little guys.
0: Yes, I had that problem where I would accidentally pick up a green goo that I had already placed and then <laughs> remove it from its place and just destroy my entire structure. Um, and that happened. That happened to me multiple
2: times. So it's I, a little weird that they didn't fix that somehow, or maybe they tried, but I, I don't know. It's just maybe
1: it's the imprecision of the touch interface. Also, I'm sure like aggravates oh. that problem.
2: Oh,
1: oh yeah, you know what? Much worse, as soon yeah. as
2: you said that, I realized I can zoom in.
1: Oh, yeah. nice.
2: Um, which is, yeah, that's. I think you're probably right, and especially if, especially if the touch version of this is a port.
1: Which I um, think it is. I, I think it, I would assume oh. it is. PC yeah. yeah. Um,
3: Which is kind of weird because everything about this game screams mobile game. does
1: Kind of done it. Um, yeah, but I think it was PC first. I mean, we can verify that. Yeah,
0: it, it, I'm. Yeah, I'm I going to verify it, it right now. Uh, first released on Windows and Wii, actually. Nintendo Wii.
2: Wow.
0: Wii. Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. So Does that mean that you were like you would like point at the screen? I
0: guess. Which which makes sense because the um the the cursor, the way it sort of has a trail, that actually feels exactly like something that you would find in a Wii game, like a pointer. A pointer with a trail, yeah.
1: Yeah, that is a super Wii feeling pointer now that you mention it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um that's interesting, especially because I don't really associate the Wii as, like, a, like an, the original Wii as, like, an indie-friendly platform.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so, uh, motion controls before it had point, uh, before it had Ugh. touch controls. Motion uh,
2: controls. Swing your hand left and right to click. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh I don't know motion controls. Motion controls should never, should never use analog input for a digital input. Or if it can, if it can, if a button can do it, use a button. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was a little. No, that's.
1: I could see like the like you probably move the cursor over your goo ball and then hold down the button to like grab and pull. I would like. I could see this like porting. Like I could see these controls being like like I can imagine intuitively exactly what they would be on um on a Wii,
2: yeah, I guess I was sorry, I was talking more tangentially about <laughs> yeah, um, games like Skyward Sword, where they're like, oh right, now if you you know it's like to swing your sword, you can hit a or. You can wave your arm in an arcing motion.
0: Well, I'm even, I'm even thinking about like, like Super Mario Odyssey even more recently, where there are some moves that you can't do without the motion controls. Like, in particular, the one where you take both Joy-Cons and flick them in the same direction, which works, which works fine if your, if your Switch is docked, but if you're playing it, like, as a handheld, you have to just whip the entire fucking unit in a direction. And that and that feels terrible.
3: That's Wait, oh, that is a horrifying feeling. Does that mean you can't play Mario Odyssey with a pro controller? I don't know. I I mean you probably can. That that makes me not want to play Mario Odyssey. You
0: probably can. Um like I don't I haven't bothered to buy any pro controllers for my Switch. I would assume I would assume there's like some uh you know, uh, alternative that they did for that. But, but without the pro controller, at least like there, there are multiple things that you have to do with, with, uh, motion controls. And I'm just like, please, can you just be over that now?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's the thing. I think, uh, Lee, you guys talked about this a little bit on mostly walking with the Mm -hmm. seventh guest And, like, because it was, like, one of the first CD-ROM games, so it Mm -hmm. had to be all about, like, showing off what you could do with this, Uh, like, CD-ROM effect.
2: Yes, Yes. and it's, like, like, everything just ends up being, like, an unnecessary animated GIF kind of stapled (laughs) onto, like, a UI.
1: Yeah, so this has a little bit of that feel of, or, like, motion controls for a while had a little bit of that feel of, like, oh, yeah, no, it's just, uh you know, we can do motion controls, so let's put motion controls in it with no regard <laughs> of, like, if that was appropriate.
2: Let's have a motion controls track at GDC. Like, I don't know. Yeah.
1: It's
2: just, anytime, that's, anytime that, like, something is, like, a new Summit track at GDC, you just, you know it's going to be gone in, like, a year. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm... That's not necessarily true, because... Uh, yeah. That's
1: I an guess. exaggeration, but not... Like, <laughs> yeah, <not> intrinsically false.
2: <laughs> I paint with a wide brush when I talk. It's like, uh, I guess, right? Because I was thinking about gesture controls, and I was just thinking about like, then there was the stereoscopic 3D one, but then you know what? Now there's the VR one, which I guess we couldn't really have had without those two pieces. So,
1: yeah, they're building on each other. All these ephemeral things.
2: <laughs> yeah, and gamification. How would we ever get our habits changed if it weren't for badges? <laughs> True.
0: I'm just thinking about how um like the the idea of basically building an entire product to showcase a new technology and I'm thinking about the DualShock controller and how the entirety of Ape Escape was built to showcase the DualShock controls. And how Ape Escape kicks ass, and they did such a good job, and how did they do that?
1: Yeah, some games games are built to, to, like, sometimes they do manage to make something that, like, feels really native and feels like you could only have done it with this thing. Um, But those are far fewer than the the other thing. Uh, I thought, Kelso, I thought you were going to bring up um, that fucking... Sorcerer spell casting voice game. Oh, in did.
0: in verbis in verbis verbis. Yeah, yeah.
2: That was wait. Excuse me. In in what?
1: <laughs> in what are you talking
2: about? That sounds incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is like Virtus, this is a thing Virtus. to go
1: listen to one of our old podcasts. Yeah. Um, we did a game where it was like a a game where you're a like a spellcaster. You're like a sorcerer, and all of the the spell casting is voice controlled. Whoa. So you actually like say the spells, and you have to like remember the words to your spells.
2: God, was... I, I really hope it's accurate, though, with its understanding
1: <laughs> of spellcasting. Yes, it actually was. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that part was fine. Actually, the voice the voice control spellcasting was the best thing about that game. The problem huh. was they didn't hire a game designer. Um, it's a it's <laughs> a student game. It's a student tech demo game. Um, oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Essentially, that they're selling for like forty bucks or whatever it, on. I,
0: I think it's like twenty.
1: Yeah, maybe it's only twenty. Yeah, I,
0: I, I think, I think forty would be a huge ask.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm still um, gonna say that that game is racist and didn't understand my accent. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's racist against accents. Yep. Yeah, that's too bad. It actually, I mean, so I've been doing uh, Google Home and Amazon Alexa stuff uh for my job for a couple months now and um that was the first thing i thought of when you said like voice recognition cuz you know those the platforms are really good at voice recognition but with they're not good with things that aren't words that are in their dictionary or that have um that have like synonyms you know cuz that's tough so yeah. I'm surprised. Like, that would be... My first thought would be, like, oh, if we're inventing... Well, like, are those... I guess the question is, are those spells made up of actual words, or are they made up of, like, made up...
1: You have the option. There's language options in the menu, and you can set it to a real language, but by default it's on a made-up language.
2: Oh, wow. So that's... Yeah. It's
0: surprisingly thorough.
2: Yeah, doing a made-up language... I would be... My first thought was, like, oh, yeah, like, this is going to take a long time to try and get this to be accurate, which could be incredibly frustrating, right, if you're, like, trying to, I, I don't know, do something meaningful and it thinks you're yeah. saying, like, goat or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was... I don't know. The thing with the making up... And all the spells are one word, so, like, they can they can do a thing where they, like, make the words different enough in a made-up language that you're, you know, you're like, okay, like these are very distinct, and we only need to capture this particular set of words. So right, wait, they.
0: I thought they were multiple words.
1: Well, I guess some of them yeah. were. You're right. Some of them were combinations. Okay, of yeah,
0: yeah, there are. Okay, yeah.
1: Where it was like pull this thing or push this thing or like do this thing on me or do this thing as a beam or whatever, you know. Mm. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. The, so that was so that's. That is a previous podcast of ours. That uh, <laughs>
0: now, now I'm actually on on that developer uh, Indomita's games. I'm like on their website now, looking at a blog post about how they came up with the language. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, but awesome. I'm not going to go into that right now because that's not we're
2: World of Goo. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's that's homework for the listener. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm, it's a uh, epi- it was actually episode 50, 50 even uh was in verbus vertus wow. if uh if you want to go check that out there we go in uh, verbus
0: vertus Fantastic. Yeah.
1: which means more or less means in in words truth i guess in latin i think so oh. um but yeah no we
3: yet stop like naming their games in latin yeah <laughs> i i actually
0: had i had some friends who um did a vr game uh at school and their game was called Quator Elementum, which just means four elements. <laughs> nice <laughs> I was like, well, it
1: works I guess. <laughs> um
2: so lol Latin dead language. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So I want somebody else to tell me how the music game is in, or how the music is in this game, because I had the music turned off the entire time I was playing it, except for like the first level. Uh, well, I never
3: really thought about it that much, but I decided once to make like a constant, conscious effort to listen to it, and it's it works. It's pretty good.
0: Yeah. It okay. like I said, it just reminds me of like a, like a Danny Elfman score. Where it has like that really, that really bouncy cadence and it sounds like kind of fun but kind of dark, I guess. Oh.
2: Sorry.
0: Is that Danny Elfman? No,
2: this is the oh. game. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna
1: say, we could also just hear it right now. Well, that's true. Um, uh, the, I, I know that the like opening menu to me sounded kind of like a. I guess Looney Tunes is not quite what I'm thinking of, but like an uh, like it had a very cartoony kind of um, yeah, a, sort of like a a cartoon where you'd have like a you know, uh, like an evil like f- corporate factory sort of thing. Like, you know, I could I can I can actually like really I think it's evocative of the thing that they're trying to do to make it do.
2: Yeah Um So I can't speak to the music itself On the game But what I can say is As far as Danny Elfman stuff Well Shit Kelso You're like You're the one to talk about this right? Cause Am I? What am, What? What am I talking about? <laughs> um So I was Watching the gong show Uh Where Uh Knights of the Oingo Boingo played Oh Yeah Okay. And I was like, this is klezmer music. Um and then I looked at other Danny Elfman scores and I was like, This is klezmer music and <laughs> I was like, Shit. This yeah. is what it's always been the whole time.
0: Yeah, except except <laughs> I... for when like Knights of the Oingo Boingo just became Oingo Boingo and it was all like new wave, which is also fun.
2: Yes. Yes. Um but I don't know, that whole thing of like like if you watch Beetlejuice, if you watch whatever, even like Batman, yeah, um, it's it's yes. weird that that became like.
1: Oh my God! Theme. Sorry, I just when you said Beetlejuice, I'm like that is what the score reminds me of. Is the theme song of the animated Beetlejuice TV show? Ah,
2: oh. <laughs> animated Elfman. Yeah.
1: yeah, did did Danny Elfman do the theme to the the Beetlejuice animated show?
0: Uh, he did. Uh, he did the soundtrack to like the film so if he didn't
1: i've never seen the film so i don't know how the soundtrack of the film relates to the show i
0: and and i haven't watched the animated show in uh many many years so if he didn't do if he wasn't associated with the animated series they probably at least tried to make it sound like it was
1: music composer danny elfman okay
0: there you go there you go so
1: yeah yeah, it has a sort of it has a sort of Saturday morning cartoon feel to it of like the Beetlejuice animated theme or maybe like the ah Real Monsters, uh, oh, like opening yeah. theme. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like a Dexter's Lab kind of like bombastic, um, but not like it would be ominous if it weren't so cartoony kind of yeah. thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly.
1: I was wondering if that changed in later levels because, as I say, like I, I turned it off so I could listen to podcasts. Hmm. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't That's... know either. I I think I like sort of stopped paying attention um, once things started to get very weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like there were Level more two. more pressing issues uh, to yeah. to to be
3: uh, invested in. Got to grind up those ugly goose.
4: Yeah.
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, from, from the little bit I did listen to at the beginning, the, the sound effects are also quite good. Like the, the goose make a little like noise when you build with them where they go like, (laughs) ah,
0: yeah, they have a little, the little chirpy sort of thing they do.
1: Yeah. Hmm. And it's very, it's, it's cute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're very cute in a way that like they're supposed to be a little gross because they're like kind of like black oil sludge but mm-hmm. they're also sort of really cute Yeah, <laughs> in a very Tim Burton Edward Gorey sort of way Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know I think that's mostly like what I have point wise I, I didn't actually take notes this time around which sorry to disappoint everyone <laughs>
3: Oh that's fair. Neither did I. So I think that's a good
1: I know you rely on me for the note taking.
0: Yeah. I always think I'm gonna take notes and then I never do, so that's fine. I think we hit a lot of the points. I mean without without going in and describing every type of goo in detail, which uh we shouldn't do.
1: <laughs> I will say one thing. One mechanic I really didn't like in this game is the time bugs. So there's like a oh, there's yeah. like a group of like the way you undo a move is in some le- levels there's these like little fireflies and you can click on them and it goes back a move mm-hmm. um but it they're limited like there are only so many of them in a level and it feels like either let us undo moves or don't let us undo moves. Like don't, don't give me a button that I can only click, that I A, have to be skillful to click because you have to kind of catch the fireflies and sometimes you don't catch them fast enough to go back as many moves as you want. Oh. Um, and like B, that, you know, run, that you just run out of them in a level after you've popped too many. Uh, like it, that doesn't, like I feel like that, that mechanic could have been a little better. Yeah,
0: like but. I would prefer it if, they just had a button that told you exactly how many like undos you got. Mm-hmm. Just put right. just put that on the screen. Otherwise, I I rarely used the um, the time bugs. Where if I if I felt like I had fucked up, then I would just restart the level.
3: Yeah, I used yeah. so much with every like soar <laughs> level, where you, like have balloons and you like
2: yeah I'm
3: accidentally I'm... like
2: dip them into a soul and you mean, let's go fuck.
1: oh yeah yeah mm, right. I am
2: rough. I am on the frog level right now oh yeah and I am not enjoying this
1: <laughs> yeah some of it can get pretty tough and as I say luckily the like the base expectations in terms of number of goo balls you need to save tends to be fairly low mm-hmm. which is which is good but still some of them can be can be real tricky. Yeah. I also noticed which I don't remember being there at all, that there is a like limited skips button. If you're if you like go into the like menu there's or maybe it's if you do the like retry button or something, uh mm-hmm. while it's loading, there's like a skip this thing and you know, like go go on to the next level. Like you have bubba skips remaining. And I'm like, that feels like such a mobile game sort of thing. I didn't realize I had gotten the mobile game version of this, but it's not the mobile game version of this, it's just the game.
3: (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not a mobile game, but is it the time where Facebook games blew up?
1: Maybe. Gosh, when was I playing like, Pack Rat and stuff? That was in like, undergrad, so, which I graduated in like, 2009. Yeah, so I guess this would have been when Facebook games were really big. So maybe that was like a you know, part of the early Facebook games culture. Not that this was a Facebook game, but maybe it just kind of, you know, took on that that sort of uh, those sort of mechanics because it could kind of thing. Yeah. Because that yeah. was what was done at the time.
2: I feel like the way to tell if it was a Facebook game or a mobile game would be like, can you pay real money to get a gem to skip a level or can you um, earn something by like Sending it to all your friends. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you can send it to all your friends.
1: That's true. There is a social mechanic in this where you can, like, build a tower um, that – and then you can, like, send your friends your high score of – so this is with those extra goo balls that you save – Mm -hmm. So if you, like, get extra goo balls at the ends of levels, they go to your, like, tower building area, and Mm -hmm. however big your tower gets, you have the opportunity to, like, share your records with your friends. Mm -hmm. The, like, early social media integration type thing. Even though it's not a social media share, it's only share with other people who have this game.
2: Yeah. It's like... I don't know. I remember somebody saying... There's this quote that, at the time, I thought was just horrible in a way that has stuck with me. Um, Where this person that was a game developer who was like, yeah, just put shared high scores in any game and it becomes multiplayer. (laughs) It's just like, wow, yep. Right from that era. Jeez.
3: (laughs) Yep. That sounds like every game, like, first year design students make is yes, post high scores. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a low cost thing that theoretically like encourages you to put, like to, oh yeah, like there's a little there's a little checkbox. I just finished a level. There's a little checkbox at the bottom that says submit score to World of Goo leaderboard of excellence.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: like there you go. <laughs>
2: See, now that you can submit the leaderboard score, doesn't that mean that you want to play this game forever? <laughs> over and over. It's it's instantly infinitely replayable.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> I know that whenever I whenever I play Super Mario Brothers on my <gasps> Nintendo Entertainment System, I always keep a close watch on my score.
0: Oh yeah, the score is extremely important. Yep. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all I've got to say about the game. <laughs> Did anybody have any other like stuff they want to bring up? Or... I
0: don't. And actually, I don't what? want to. I don't want to be the dick, but I I'll, I do need to kind of get out of here.
1: Oh right, right. You have <laughs> so a, you have a you have a hard out today.
0: I do kind of have a hard out. So, uh. So,
1: in conclusion, it's a it's a quirky <laughs> game that's mostly aged well. There's still a lot of good, like, interesting stuff to learn about design and juiciness from this game that, uh, that, like, you know, designers could learn from playing it. So, if that's, if you like bridge building and physics puzzles, check it out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Holds up. Yeah.
1: Alright, so, Kelso, you want to introduce our next game then?
0: Yes. Our next game, uh, we will be playing The Beginner's Guide, which is a narrative game by, uh, Davey Reedon, who also did. The Stanley Parable. I don't know why I blanked on that. Um He also did The Stanley Parable. Um And it's an easy game to intro because it's one of those games that you can't really explain to people. Otherwise, it loses <laughs> so, its so, charm. Yeah. All
1: you have to know is it's a narrative game from the creator of this, The Stanley Parable. And, and that's if it. you
3: think it's going to be anything like The Stanley Parable, you're, you're
2: wrong. wrong.
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, there, and that's all we're going to say. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that game. Yeah. You can come
0: next week, not next week, in two weeks if you want to join us again.
2: I... <laughs> I'm actually too opinionated about that game, I, ah. I, I think. <laughs> okay.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
3: Yeah. It's a really good game to be opinionated about. Yeah. Exactly. I,
0: it it really lends itself to uh opinions. to
3: opinions.
1: It, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess the word for that
2: is polarizing. Polarizing and full of hot takes.
1: oh <laughs> Yeah. Not to, not to delay your, your departure, Kelso, but just, just as sort of a side note, I, I happened to glance at our, like, statistics on um, SoundCloud to see if, like, anybody actually listened to this podcast,
4: mm-hmm. and most
1: of them have, like, so few listens, they're not even listed, but we have, like, basically two that have a listed number of plays on them, so our second most played one is uh, the one where Sean Bo guest starred, where we talked about Frog Fractions. Oh, yeah. Um and the cat in the coop. Uh oh. and yeah, that was one of our like four in February February where we were playing a bunch of mini games. But our most listened to one, uh, is our Undertale episode with our contentious opinions.
0: Oh yeah, I bet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is to be fair, our most by most listened to episode I mean I think it has like sixty six listens.
0: Wait, so whole, our our maybe maybe they only show up because I like own the account, but, like, our brother's episode has almost 250 listens. What? So, probably because it's that's, like, the first real episode. Or then Nuclear thrones has 180-ish.
1: In that case, I don't know why some of these are showing up for me and some of them are not.
0: Yeah, that's... I
1: assumed it, I assumed it was because all of the others were, like, under 10 listens.
0: No. Yeah, that's. there's probably, like, a checkbox that I accidentally checked or unchecked or something... On some episodes, I don't really look. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the checkboxes. boxes, um, <laughs> so so right. you know things things get a little things a happen. little inconsistent, and
2: that's fine. Yeah, I right. think you're a little wild sometimes.
1: Listen, we're professionals. Um, okay, so uh, the the beginner's guide. Play it, and we'll talk about it next time. Yes. Uh, Kelso, talk about your social media stuff.
0: Right, rapid fire social media. Hello, I'm Kelso. I am on Twitter at KelsoTimebomb. Uh, you can also find me at KTimebombArt for art. <laughs> Next! Uh,
1: I am, I am Kyla Fury. Um you can follow me at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. And I am, uh, I also do a weekly stream on Sunday mornings uh where i stream old nostalgia heavy games um and we're we're about to finish i think um secret of mana i think i have one i've one to two sessions left possibly one session we'll see nice
3: twitter
2: x skype 3 done cool
1: and lee
2: <laughs> hey i'm lee um you can find me at fun with lee and that might be changing soon so that's on twitter uh so that is fun is the word fun with and then my name is spelled l e i g h um you may have known me formerly as fun with bill and if you go to fun with bill you will be redirected by a glorious uh sort of um i i, I put like a really funny sort of squatter twitter on there so um,
1: <laughs> okay yeah. nice yeah
2: yeah so fun with lee check it out
1: and also you do mostly walking with I do shelves. mostly walking. Yeah.
2: Yeah, watch that. That's on uh that's on Thursdays now at uh from seven to nine PM Pacific time. And you can watch that at Day 9s channel, which is um on Twitch it is day and then the number nine and then T V. You probably know that already because he has a gajillion followers more yeah. than I do, so
0: and yeah. because this entire community kind of organically grew out of out of his community basically it basically grew, yeah, it basically right. grew out of mostly walking kind yeah. of if so. you made
2: it if you've made it this far in this episode and you don't know about <laughs> day nine like that's you're you're probably one it's just you yeah it's, it's just yeah. you it's just more or less only
1: congratulations on your special snowflake status
2: yeah <laughs> that's right that's right thanks um, for being here yeah. also
1: and uh Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah, we appreciate all our listeners. Um, Something I was going to say about mostly walking, I think. But I don't remember what it was, so probably not that important. Anyway.
2: I wonder what we're going to play this week.
1: Yeah, because you guys aren't, certainly aren't playing. Us. Eric, no. ready again. <laughs>
2: No, 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 no. That one made it that that game made itself very unwelcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that was that was an interesting stream.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, sometimes when you guys play games that you guys don't like, I really enjoy watching you guys be miserable. But it, yeah. uh but sometimes not for That particular one.
2: <laughs> that that game was it was just rude. That game was just rude.
1: <laughs> there was so much reading. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, um, Lee, thank you for joining us on our, uh, on our podcast. It's been good having you here. Yay. We'll be back in two weeks
2: with
0: the beginner's guide. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. Farewell.
2: Bye. Bye.